0: Me sleeping in the park was a silly action to take, the same as our local government deciding to put an emergency shelter in the park. It was kind of silly.
1: On February 3rd, Long Beach City Council announced plans to open an emergency winter shelter in the 7th District at Silverado Park. From the outside looking in, it was a logical move that fell in line with the city's response to the homeless crisis, which local government declared a state of emergency. But for the residents living near Silverado Park, the move was in direct opposition to the city's plan to create equitable access to open spaces, which the city adopted in January of 2022. Jerlene Tatum was the first to pose opposition to denying access to the park and gym by sleeping in the park. On today's show, Jerlene talks about why she took such a drastic step and the importance of community organizing. So, you think the Democratic Party cares about black people? Believe it or not, Rex, I think that tweet is part of the problem. Do you feel like we could have addressed this homeless issue much sooner? You have to speak a word, make it a good one. Welcome back to The Word. Once again, I am Jackie Ray. We are talking about a very important topic. We're actually going to touch on two very important topics at the same time. One, in how we can help and assist our homeless or our unhoused population. And two, the importance of community outreach and making sure the needs of everyone are met. So I'm excited because my guest today, you guys probably know, um, Jerlene Tatum. She is a community activist. Um, very, I, she gave me a look when I said that, but that's what she is to me. <laughs> I prefer advocate. Okay. Um, cause I advocate for my community. Tell me the distinction between the two being a activist and you said an advocate, right?
0: Um, for me, my personal definition, I'm yes. mm-hmm. sure it doesn't fit other people. Um, and actually I'll share with you, it was, uh almost 20 years ago, I was getting involved in the community and doing different things. And I met Mr. Bill Pearl, mm-hmm. uh, the, the founder um, of longbeachreport.com. And he asked me, he says, are you an activist or an advocate? Mm. And it was interesting because, honestly, I didn't know, I didn't really know a difference. And he says, I'm going to list you as an advocate. Okay. It took me years before, for me, there was a difference. And one of them, it's someone who's like, yeah, they're they're activated by something, right? So they respond, activists. Advocate, is it's consistent. It's not, and this is my personal definition for me. I'm constantly advocating for community, whether it be for black students, whether it be for uh, folks in my neighborhood, whether it be just for different communities across the city, I'm constantly advocating.
1: A lot of people have, I think, benefited from you using your voice and your platform to raise awareness about things. but. I'm just going to fast forward. So one day, <laughs> story time, I was out and about and I get a text message from, did you text me or call me? I think I Instagram. I think you Instagrammed me and said, hey, I don't know if you heard about the Silverado Park. So if, as most of you know, the goal was to make Silverado Park an emergency winter shelter for the unhoused population. And Darlene Instagrammed me and said, girl, I'm about to go spend the night in the park as protest. And I don't have children, but I felt like the mother in me just kicked in. No, you're not. You're not about to spend the night out there. But it was important for you to do that and to raise awareness about this. Before we dive into that specific issue, I want to talk about that specific moment in time and why you felt that it was necessary for you to spend the night in the park to address this park and the, the services it Provides being potentially taken away from the community.
0: That decision to sleep in the park was definitely an act of activism.
1: Right. Okay. Right. So
0: that's when uh, yeah. activism sets in, but I prefer advocate. Again, after being out and talking to community members and realizing that a lot of people are unaware, and they and it's just because I I pay attention to what's going on. I pay attention to local news. I I I'm looking at social media. Those are things that I do on a regular basis, but community members you know mom and dad that gets up and go to work every morning Mm -hmm. that drops their kids out of school come home make dinner maybe go to the park they're not paying attention to those things now what happened they saw a fence go up Mm -hmm. they thought it was to be renovated and basically I stood in the park and said hey do you you know what this fence is for oh they're going to renovate I said no they're not and so I started sharing information and then sharing with them where they could get their own information and when community began to push back or, or, and I wouldn't even say push back, get clarity on what was really going on. It was a wall. It was, mm-hmm. it was just, it was a stop. So I was like, what can I do? This is the most extreme thing to do. And honestly, it's, I, I don't want to say it's silly. Me sleeping in the park was a silly action to take. The same as our local government deciding to put a emergency emergency shelter in the park. It was kind of silly. Like, really, you're going to put this in the middle of a park, a park that is used on a regular basis. It's Right by school. Right. It's right by school. Mm-hmm. It's feet from a playground. It, it doesn't make any sense. So me sleeping in the park didn't make any sense. And a lot of people wanted to come out to see me in the park because they wanted to see if I was really going to sleep in the park. Right. Like, you know, people were like actually showing up like, you really going to sleep in the park. Yeah. And then a lot of people went mama on me. It went, was
1: concerned about your Mama, safety.
0: Mama and daddy on me. And there were people that came and stayed the entire night with me and ended up sleeping in their cars, you know, because they were like, oh, no, we're not leaving you
1: out here. Right. You know. That was my first concern. My first concern. I understood the, the reasons why, but I didn't understand, you know, my concern was your safety. And.
0: Well, and here was my thought on that. The safety part, right? Mm-hmm. We're. We're. You're so concerned about my safety. Are you saying that the community I live in is not safe?
1: No, that's right. not what I'm saying. No,
0: no, not you. Oh. But I'm, no, 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 <laughs> oh, okay. not you. But I'm, okay. but I'm okay. saying, but that was a thing. Mm-hmm. You're so concerned about my safety. Are you basically making the judgment that my community is not safe? Mm-hmm. Are you saying my park is not safe? Mm-hmm. The neighborhood's not safe? I, I wasn't afraid. I, I wasn't afraid to be there. I did not think any harm was going to come to me. Like, I didn't. I didn't believe that, and I was—I just, just chose not to. And I made sure that before I went, before I stayed there that night, I made sure I connected with the other, with the unhoused people that were living in the park. Mm-hmm. And that were part there's a, a was a, a, there's a population or group of people that park near the park. I checked in with everybody. Hey, I'm sleeping in the park tonight, and they wanted to know why. Well, why are you sleeping mm-hmm. here? And when I I say because I'm trying to draw attention to what's happening and. Every single unhoused person that I spoke to thought the idea was just as silly as I did.
1: Well, oh, that's interesting. And,
0: and I mean, I remember like one, I, I shared my lunch and my dinner with two unhoused women um, two different times a day. And the one woman, she goes, she, at first she was like really aggressive. Like, why are you here? And, and why you got to tent, tent set up? And, and I'm explaining it to her and she says, well, I'm homeless. That doesn't even make sense to me. She was like, who puts a homeless shelter in a park? Parks are for kids. That was an unhoused person that sent that to me. And she said, I would never stay there. I wouldn't be safe. And then, did she tell you why she thought she wouldn't be safe? She start, There was other people there in the conversation about what happens to women when they're in shelters. And I'm I'm be honest, those type of conversations are a bit too sensitive for me. So that's when I kind of backed myself out of the conversation, and that conversation took place with someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the two women that I did encounter, one was unhoused on foot and one was unhoused and she lives in her van. And uh, both of them, my encounter with them started due to them going to the bathroom and learned that the bathroom in the park is open all the time, um, which I found interesting. But then I saw the benefit of it. And I also saw the care that was taken for that bathroom. There was a situation in the man's bathroom where I, there was somebody who had been there for like two hours, and he threatened the life of another person.
1: That happened while you were in the park. That
0: was the only mm. frightening moment.
1: Silverado Park is in District Seven. Yes, and that is Councilman um,
0: Roberto Uranga.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Was he your first call when you when you learned about this potential winter shelter being in the park?
0: Um. No.
1: Okay. No. Why not? I just assumed like that would be my first call. You well, actually, I
0: mean? it was a first call that I made when okay. I did make a call. Mm-hmm. It was one of the first calls that
1: I made. Did you get to speak to him? No. Mm. Didn't go very well. Okay. Well, tell me. <laughs> tell me what happened on that call then.
0: <laughs> um. We have been, myself and others that were doing outreach, we have been instructing people to call the council office, the mayor, the, the council mayor and city manager's office mm-hmm. and express their concerns. Mm-hmm. And I was getting messages about what they were being told. So I called and I asked. What were they being told? W- w- one place they were being sent a fact sheet and people didn't want the fact sheet. Right. They just didn't want it there. right? And the other was they're being told that there was going to be a meeting on the 22nd. Well, the announcement was made on February 3rd, mm-hmm. and in that announcement coming from local like this, they, they said a three-week timeline. Well, if the timeline was a three-week timeline, you're hosting, you're not hosting, you're attending a meeting on the 22nd. That's a little late. That's a little late. Mm-hmm. So I basically said, are you serious? <laughs> That's what you're telling people? Mm-hmm. You're not even giving them a real answer? And did they hang up?
1: No. Okay.
0: No. So what was their response? They invited me
1: to attend a meeting and I declined. Was that meeting supposed to be just one on one with you specifically? It was supposed to
0: be with me and two other community members. Okay. and I declined. Why? Um, because I don't I not a leader of the community. Like I don't and that was the one thing that I said. I said, I don't I said I don't it's not appropriate for me to attend a meeting. I don't lead the community. I'm not a leader to, of an organization. So the conversation needs to happen with the community. I don't represent the community. I'm one person, I'm one voice.
1: Did you ask specifically why hasn't this been something that the community had an opportunity to voice their concerns about much prior to the the defense going up?
0: Um, No, because what was being pushed out was that it was a rush, they had to do it fast. Mm -hmm. It, It was as if that process didn't matter. So, and then the the day that I slept out, February 11th, we held a, a rally mm-hmm. on the sidewalk of right, right, right. <laughs> the park. And um, the local electives were invited out. Their response was, Oh, you didn't give us enough time. Mm. That's ironic. Yet you didn't give the community any time.
1: Mm-hmm. So ultimately, though, while I, my heart skipped a beat when you said you were going to sleep in the park, ultimately it worked. It raised the attention that you needed it to raise and people got involved.
0: Well, part of that is because the Long Beach Post wrote, and, and I I didn't read the article until like almost a week later, mm-hmm. that someone was going to sleep in the park. Mm-hmm. And what happened, because the rally happened, rally lasted maybe an hour. People lingered for about an hour and a half. That was on February 11th. I'm not sure when the post article posted, but all of a sudden people just start coming to the park and they're like rolling up and hopping out their cars. It was actually kind of scary at first. Like, why are these people hopping out their cars? And they're like, hey, you're the lady that's going to sleep at the party. And <laughs> here. Well, there's a petition. And they started. So what happened, that started, that continued on like, a, 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 it was like 1045 at night and a car rolls up, window roll, lady rolls down the window, she's like, hey. You got the petition?
1: So the petition started somewhere in the- in The, the p- it-
0: petition started that morning. Okay. When the Post, the Long Beach Post, put their article out about the petition, people start coming to the park. Okay. Then the next morning, people started showing up again. And they showed up until I finally left the park. I mean, even getting in my car, people are stopping and signing the petition. And the petition was basically saying that we, we requested the s- city cease and desist moving forward with opening the shelter in the park.
1: No, I think that for me, I I personally understand that because I've covered a lot of uh, unhoused stories and everyone, you know, from Jeff Levine um, that works with the Long Beach Rescue Mission to Duke Givens working with Care Closet, they have a very clear understanding that it's a very fine line between wanting to help the unhoused population, but while also not infringing on spaces from taxpayers. So they understand that it's a tightrope at times. But you don't feel that that tightrope was really acknowledged. You feel that it was more like you you were kind of portrayed as just anti.
0: Yeah, it, it was interesting. It wasn't acknowledged at all. I mean, community was informed. Community wasn't informed. It was a press conference. Press conferences are for press. And if you don't read the local media, you don't know. If you don't follow the local streams of government, you don't know. And so even with that, I was really frustrated because the city of Long Beach has multiple media outlets or online social media outlets. The viewership, 43 people a week after that conference. So it was like, if that was their way of connecting with community, it failed. Now, what happened after all this started happening, if you go now and you look three weeks back and you look now, viewership is shot up. Mm-hmm. Because that was also how we were informing people. We're like, what are you talking about? Well, check this out. Well, what are you talking about? Well, look at this. Um, community was not informed at all and because the statement this was made under the state of emergency of homelessness it was as if they didn't have to
1: i started with the long beach post in may of 2021 mm-hmm. right we're 2023 now and i have visually our offices are in downtown long beach so while i might not be able to speak with, for every city i know here mm-hmm. you can visually see that it's gotten ex- exponentially worse in 2 years so i do understand that there is a need for some sort of services so in this particular instance, uh, we also did a story here in the Long Beach Post, which hopefully you guys are reading, that unfortunately we did lose an unhoused person due to extreme weather. So what's the balance then? As You as an advocate, what's the balance between saying, yes, this is a problem we need to address, but we can't address it at the expense of taking these kind of services, because where is the nearest park for this community if, if you take Silverado away?
0: One, I think it was very unfair mm-hmm. that that unhoused death, the way things were written after that, was as if it was our fault, okay? Those oh, who, felt, okay. Who, who were opposed it. Mm. Um, we're talking about the announcement of emergency shelter in a February to run into May 29th. Twenty day it it was it it was going to open, roughly twenty days before winter was to come to an end. So this unhoused person dying, it was like all of a sudden, well, you know, had they opened up the shelter there? Well, first of all, the shelter it wouldn't they, have been open. It wouldn't have then. been open anyway. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. I don't think a community should have to choose between the two. And the one thing that a sentiment that many people shared is, well, how is it our fault? How is it our fault that our unhoused population has grown we don't make the policies we don't make the decisions yet you expect a community to bear the burden of that and say oh well you know this is the best thing and everybody needs to do their part well no you didn't do your part government didn't do their part people who are going to work every day and providing for the families they're doing their part to ensure that they don't fall into homelessness right and to even like there was this, this again that anti homeless thing, the level of compassion that I know just in the community that I live in is amazing. To the fact of when I was sharing, when when someone who was visiting was like, "Oh, Jerlene there's unhoused people. There's people living in their cars, and they're parked right near where you're you're sitting." I said, "Oh, I said a lady who found my number on the flyer called and said." Don't worry about the people sleeping there. They're good people. Mm -hmm. That came from someone who lived in the neighborhood to tell me that the people that were sleeping in the cars at the park were good people. So you would only know that if you had an opportunity to talk to and engage with them. And one gentleman, he was actually, went live. He was talking all of a sudden. We're like, come over. And he, you know, he shared his story. He shared a story of how he went through some traumatic event and how he lives in his truck and how his truck has everything. Not that it's we should normalize it, yet people are compassionate enough to know that he's basically claiming that space is his own, yeah. you know, and they respect him and, and he respects everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um Again, not to justify him being there, he should, definitely should be housed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have folks that are, and, and even if the shelter was placed there, he would have not been able to receive the services unless he had gone through the process to be able to be there, right? And the one thing that people, and I know this as someone who's worked for a, a nonprofit organization that is, provides housing for formerly homeless veterans, chronically homeless people do not want to be in a shelter. Mm-hmm. They will, because it's 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 too dramatic of a change for them,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: those are conversations I haven't heard anyone talking about.
1: Jeff Levine from the Long Beach Rescue Mission talked about exactly that. If you've had someone that's been unhoused for years, just putting them in a shelter, it's it's too traumatic for them. There's an attachment to all of their belongings that they can yes. no longer have in the shelter. There is a sense of freedom that they feel that they no longer feel in the set in the shelter, and there's rules that they didn't have to follow, that they now... So it's not just, hey, let's grab you off the street and put you in a shelter. There's steps that mm-hmm. have to be taken. And I, and I like what you said because I don't feel like people talk about that enough. And I think that's, that's a level of privilege that we have, is being, not knowing what it feels right. like to be homeless. We just say, oh, we just need to get you a place to stay. Right. And it's not that simple. And, I, and I'm glad you pointed that out because I think that understanding those nuances... Mm-hmm makes it, I don't want to say it makes it easier for people to understand, but at least it makes it easier for people to say, this isn't a snap your fingers fix. Mm-hmm. Housing isn't the the immediate fix. Mm-hmm. It's a temporary fix for a lot of people, and it could lead to a permanent fix for others, mm-hmm. but putting them all in the same group. And I also really am glad that you took time to share the stories of people that were there and how they felt about it, because I that was what I really wanted to know is how the people that lived there felt about you protesting.
0: Our message was clear. It was not about anti-homelessness. It was about park equity, knowing that we're already lacking in a community of green space and just wanted the city just to make a different decision. Now there were people that shared their stories of the the traumas that they've experienced in their encounters with homelessness, but that was not like that was that was not our push for our I would say our campaign, right? it was about the city keeping its word for park equity. It was the city who made that decision. Mm -hmm. They put it on paper. They did. They said it mattered. They said it was an initiative. So we wanted to remind them of that and that what they were doing was taken away from what they promised. We did the outreach that the city did not do, Mm -hmm. basically. We went door to door. We stood in the park. We talked to people. My eight-year-old, I mean, she was like, can you please come to the rally on Saturday? You know, but she was out there just in meeting people where they are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's what that was. That was meeting people where they are. And now I can tell you that from that, some of these folks that have come together, they're going to probably be tied to each other forever, yeah. you know? And yet now there is a greater awareness. Um, Like I had someone who was out there dropping flyers, giving them the, to... to Parents and she shared with me. She says this is kind of embarrassing. She says I've only voted. What was it? She says the first time I ever voted is in the presidential elections a couple of years ago. Adult, mom, children. Um, and she says it's it's kind of embarrassing. And she says so I don't I don't understand the infrastructure, right? And then I explained it to her, um, but she at this point she knows she'll never go back to not participating in her civic duty. She'll never go back to that ever again. Going forward, I mean, and it was interesting because she was willing to learn and willing to talk to people about it. And I'm like, if anything good came out of it, yes, there was a win for the community, but the benefits were even greater than that. The benefit was that a community woke up and the community is ready to, and they're like, what's next? They're like, okay, we have a park, our park is deficient. What do we need to do to change that around? you know they're 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 ready for the next thing and i'm like i'm going to go chill over here i'll watch it which y'all. is interesting <laughs> how that's
1: what people de- was that was their default anyway is oh they're renovating it you know so obviously you know and i think sometimes we do that is we just like oh, we make sense of stuff that might not make sense instead of asking questions yes so i think that is something that we could all probably learn from this instead of re- ask questions yeah. make sure you have the right information And
0: In the the one part that was frustrating for me was that there was this well the community is misinformed no the community was not misinformed mm-hmm. the community was not and there was this narrative trying to be painted that the community didn't know what they were talking about no the community knew what they were talking about you're about to take something away that they didn't <laughs> want to take away
1: right. clear that was clear mm-hmm. you know the rest of it didn't matter and if you haven't informed the community maybe don't make a statement that they're misinformed <sighs>
0: the community was mistreated and i'm i i, I know there's a spin and narrative to to in, and almost putting us one against another but i think something that should happen especially in the conversation of unhoused is for us to have a understanding of real, what's really happening mm-hmm. and and not all unhoused people can be categorized the same they cannot be it's not fair to them because then their needs are not being met
1: i thank you so much for coming on the show and just kind of sharing um thank you for having me <laughs> Inside joke, y'all. Inside joke. But yeah, no, it, it's good. And I think that, you know, the voice is important. The voice of the community is important. And I'm always, I'm always here for that. And I and I'm very thankful that you did Instagram me, because even though I couldn't be there, I'm glad that the Long Beach Post had an opportunity to tell this story for you. And I and I just want to encourage you guys all to do that. DM me, you guys. I know I very rarely say my social media handle on here, but it is at Jackie Ray TV. I think Jerlene can attest. And some of these shows that have been on this uh podcast have come from people DMing me and saying, did you know about, I did not. Thank you for sharing. And I, it is definitely my personal goal, my ambition to make sure I give a voice to the community and I want to continue to do that. So make sure you DM me and I'm going to implore you as well to follow Jerlene, specifically on her YouTube page, which is where I typically follow her because she goes live a lot. And, um, she has conversations that are, uh, especially for if you're new to Long Beach, or even if you've been here a long time, They really help you get an understanding of not only the community, but the way our local government works. And I think, and I have been trying to hammer that point on for a long time. It's your local government that is going to impact your life the most. So if you don't understand it, try to gain an understanding. Uh, We do our best here to tell you what local government is doing. That's different than having an understanding of how local government works. So Follow Jarlene. That was a long speech to tell you to follow Jarlene on her social media. What's your YouTube page?
0: It's just Jarlene Tatum.
1: Perfect. Yeah, at
0: Jarlene Tatum. J-E-R-L-E-N-E-T-A-T-U-M.
1: Perfect. And then Facebook and Instagram as well?
0: All the same. All the same.
1: Mm. So make sure you follow her. And don't forget, like I said, DM me if you have any questions or if you have a story that you think is going to need some extra attention. I'm more than happy to do that. Once again, thank you for listening to the word. And don't forget, if you have to speak a word, make it a good one. We'll see you next time.